The Word of the Lord from Isaiah 44, verses 6 through 8. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who's like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and set it before me, since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the Old Testament reading of Isaiah chapter 44 and serves as the basis of our theme for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, Ain't Scared. So here stands Isaiah like a ringside announcer for the greatest fighter that ever lived. You can hear it in his voice, echoing out to his listeners. Now coming into the ring, the king of crushing, the redeemer of the irreconcilable, the most punishing pugilist any power on earth has ever faced. He is the first. He is the last. Let's get ready to rumble. Okay, that's not exactly what Isaiah said. But let me assure you, to a people who have been knocked down to their knees too many times, that was not far off from what they needed to hear. And Isaiah gave it to them with gusto. After years of captivity, which they deserved, mind you, it was time for some encouragement. The sons of Israel were a people captive in their homeland, culturally, linguistically, and above all, spiritually. They lived in a time when the strong dominated the weak and the weak were forced to worship the so-called gods of the strong. And to these listeners, God promised he would bless their descendants and richly pour out his spirit upon them. He also comforts them that there are other people still calling on the name of the patriarch Jacob in order to glorify God and desire to come to their homeland. What a miracle. Even though they were captives, even though Jerusalem and the temple will be destroyed, there are those who seek to be in the promised land and the holy city of Jerusalem. Today, Yahweh comforts all. It's Isaiah's voice, but God's word. Your king has entered the ring, a fighter for the downtrodden and a liberator of the oppressed, leading them to freedom. Now, I myself am not much of a fan of modern boxing. Don't get me wrong, I love all the Rocky movies, but I think we can agree, that's not real boxing. The few times I've watched it, I was utterly turned off by the meaningless violence of it all. The eyes of the boxers slowly swelling shut throughout the contest. 
They're willing themselves to keep standing under the relentless blows to their bodies and the sickening thud of the body on the canvas after a knockout blow. Everyone holds their breath as the lifeless form of the impressive physical specimen just lies there. We all know it is a sport, but good men and women have sacrificed their lives to it for any blow from an opponent might be the last breath they ever take. This is why I can't understand fighting for sport. If we're forced to protect family or friends, that I can see, but only as a last resort. But what I do find fascinating about boxing are those who write about it and the skill with which they portray it. They are able to use metaphors and similes that bring the danger and the skill of pugilism to life in such a way that my utter disgust was completely overshadowed by my fascination with their skills writing about it. One particular writer deftly describes what it was like standing in the ring with George Foreman whilst he came at you with his devastating jabs. He said, it's like standing in the rain and trying to avoid the raindrops. You're gonna get hit. So while I'm not a fan of watching boxing, I am utterly entranced by writers who can describe the artistry of boxing and the contest it contains. Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is just that kind of writer, and his champion in the ring is intimidating beyond compare. Only this champion is not just a fearless warrior. He is also a loving father. His brutality towards the enemies of Israel is unmeasured, but when the gloves come off, and the sweat is wiped from his brow. Those brutish arms gently embrace the children he fights for. There's no God like this. If you've been knocked down on the mat, he gently lifts you up. If you can't save yourself, he's the only God that can save you. Yet Israel was still afraid of other so-called gods. So today, our God challenged them, them to speak. Speak, Dagon, God of the Philistine. Oh, that's right. Your temple statue crashed down in front of the Ark of the Covenant when the Philistines took it from God's people. Cry out, Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. All your armies drowned in the Red Sea. Pretty hard for your heralds to holler with lungs full of seawater. Cry out to Syrian and Babylonian gods. But before you do, watch out. Our God is sending his shepherd, Cyrus the Great. Rumor has it, the taller you stand, the harder he makes the arrogant ones fall. What's that? Nothing? I thought so. Everyone shuts their mouth when Yahweh speaks. So what were the Israelites afraid of if this was their eternal father? Maybe we should be asking, what are we afraid of if this is our father who art in heaven? No doubt we are afraid of what people say about us in public, true and false. 
No doubt we're fearful of the security of our livelihood, our community, our children, and our church. Sometimes we are afraid of just sharing Jesus with someone that does not know him. What will they think of me? What will they say? And even these days, what are people capable of doing? Sometimes we just overestimate people's resistance to the gospel and self-imposed censorship of our Savior before we ever try to share him. God says, fear not, nor be afraid. You know, when we first moved to Florida 23 years ago, I noticed the kids in Middleburg wearing T-shirts and snapback caps with the logo, No Fear, printed on them. I quickly surmised that this was the spirit of these kids launching themselves on their skateboards off 15-foot ramps into the air about 20 feet high. Certainly, that would require a relative lack of fear. Not to be outdone, the local Christians quickly co-opted the movement with a more biblical rendition that said, fear not, on their own t-shirts and snapback caps. After all, the angels said it, Isaiah says it today, and Jesus even said it. Why not popularize it and make a little money in the process? You know, ethical capitalism. My personal favorite is what I saw in the back windows of the beloved Rednecks Bubba Trucks all over Middleburg. They co-opted a saying of their own, ain't scared. Some years later, the country singer Kevin Denny used that same phrase to write a song about falling in love with a cute girl with a big burly boyfriend. It said, there's no fear. I don't care. I'm right here. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Haul that bravado for fearless feats on skateboards, gospel venture capitalism, and cute girls. But what if we all just believed what Isaiah said today? We would never be scared of anything. Well, I think we all know sometimes we are still afraid, even though we all know Isaiah's voice is God's word. And God knows that too. For he provided the rock we can stand on whenever we are afraid. Now this rock reference in verse 8 may seem oddly included in the prophecy today, but its significance would not be lost on the listener of that day. When their ancestors wandered in the desert, a rock, which produced water whenever they needed it, followed them wherever they went, lest they feared thirsting to death. As long as we have God, we have that same rock, and we need not fear. For 1 Corinthians 10.4 assures us, For they drank from the same spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Talk about one person who ain't scared, who gave up his divinity but wasn't afraid to live a miserable mortal's life who was the God of the universe, but wasn't afraid of letting pagan soldiers punch him and humiliate him, who wasn't even afraid to let his fellow companions in crucifixion hurl insults at him. That right there was the baddest brawler, the toughest in the town, and the ultimate fighter for his friends. For the Rock of Golgotha was his ultimate prize fight, where he won for us the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, our Savior Jesus living in us, because there's a path through the cross to our hearts where we know he is our friend. So we need not fear. Jesus is our Savior, and because of him, we ain't scared. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.